Welcome to my podcast. When you're listening, I just ask that you keep an open mind. First and foremost, know that I'm not an expert. I make tons of mistakes. But I just wanted to share the wisdom of the people in my life. Thanks for listening. Yes, and so next on the schedule, we're going to introduce the subject of intersectionality, and I'm going to screen share one more time a quick one-minute simplified um, version of what intersectionality is, and then Tyler Gay, who is um, here today, a close friend of mine as well, is going to discuss more elaborate more on that subject and why we should be aware of this um, this term and that's defined in the English language that okay so intersectionality is just a metaphor for understanding the ways that multiple forms of inequality or disadvantage sometimes compound themselves and they create obstacles that often are not understood within conventional ways of thinking about anti-racism or feminism or whatever social justice advocacy structures we have. Intersectionality isn't so much a grand theory, it's a prism for understanding certain kinds of problems. African-American girls are six times more likely to be suspended than white girls. That's probably a race and a gender problem. It's not just a race problem, it's not just a gender problem. So I encourage people to think about how the convergence of race stereotypes or gender stereotypes might actually play out in the classroom between teachers and students, between students and other students, between students and administrators and commit themselves to understanding that as a way of intervening and providing equal educational opportunity for all students regardless of their identities. Identity isn't simply a self-contained unit, it is a relationship between people in history, people in communities, people in institutions. So schools do a good job when they understand that and when they commit themselves to curricular development, to opportunities in the school for all students to understand the histories that have brought us to this particular moment. You can't change outcomes without understanding how they've come about. So independent schools can take the lead on that to be responsive to their student populations and to the communities out of which the students come. Can y'all hear me? A little bit about me, my name is Tyler. I am from, if you cannot tell, I'm from Alabama. I graduated from Jacksonville State University about a year ago and now I am in a PhD program here in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, Georgia State. I study sociology, but my focus is in... Wait one second, Tyler, you were muted. One second, I'm so sorry. Oh, no, I don't know what y'all missed. I don't know what the last thing you heard is. Your PhD. Uh, Yes, I'm getting a PhD in sociology at Georgia State University, Um, but I focus in gender, race, and sexuality and how those three sort of intermingle with each other. So just a background history on the word. So it was coined by Kimberly Crenshaw, the, the woman who was just speaking in the video that we saw. Um, She is a lawyer and a legal scholar, 
And she came up with the term because she was bothered by the lack of depth in the understanding of inequality by our legal system and by our criminal justice system. And the language that they, and the understanding that they have is very similar to what we hear in the media today, what we hear on the news, what we hear on social media. It thinks about inequality as this one dimensional thing. For example, they act as if racism, as if white supremacy affects all black people the same. And that's not how inequality operates. It's, it's, it's the same argument that institutional sexism affects all women the same. We know that's not the case. That's not how inequality operates. It, it operates um, by combining all of these systems together. I actually found a quote from a, a black trans activist um, on intersectionality. I'd just like to share that because I really feel like she encompasses the definition really well. Um, her name is, if anyone wants to look her up, her name is Ashley uh, Marie Preston. And she says, intersectionality means identity markers such as like our race, our gender, our sexuality, any social identity characteristic we have. He says intersectionality means that these identity markers don't exist independently of each other, but that each informs the other. It describes multiple threats of discrimination when an individual's identity overlaps with multiple minority groups. And I think a good example of this is what we heard in the video with Kimberly when she's talking about young black girls going through the American education system. We know that they're six times more likely to be disciplined than white girls. And this is not just a matter of race, but also of gender. But it, not just them separately, but how they overlap with each other. The racism that they experience is also informed by sexist school policies. And the sexism they experience is also informed by racist school policies. So when we look at them one dimensionally, we're not getting the full story. Um, and we can just imagine for back up and look at ourselves. Let's think of our social identities as being roads that we drive on. So we're gonna use three because it would be ridiculous to, to talk about all of the different identities that we have. So we'll just use three, but just know there are multiple identities that we have that come with privileges and that come with things that marginalize us. But we'll use race, gender, and sexuality because I feel like those are the hottest social identity characteristics that people talk about. So for me, my first road is race. I am a biracial black person. The second road, my gender, I'm a cisgender man. And if you don't, if people on this talk don't know about what cisgender is, it essentially means that you identify or you agree with the identity you are assigned at birth. I was assigned male at birth. I identify with that, therefore I'm a cisgender man. That's one road. The third road, my sexuality, I am a queer person. Now you can see that I'm not one road. I am the intersection of all three of those. And this becomes really important when we're talking about the Black Lives Matter movement. Because to come at me as if I experience racism the same way as all black people would be problematic and counterproductive because the racism that I experience might be influenced by homophobia. The homophobia that I experience might be influenced by racism. Um, and so intersectionality, it becomes a way, a framework that we can understand how all of these systems intermingle with each other. And if we're going to have a black progressive politic, if you're gonna have any progressive politic at all, it has to address all of these issues. 
um, Black Lives Matter, if it's, we're going to seek Black liberation, we also have to seek to eliminate sexism. We have to seek to eliminate homophobia, transphobia, ableism. We all of the systems because Black people aren't just Black. This is what I have to keep reminding white people. We are not just Black. We're men, we're women, we're queer, we're straight, we're rich, we're poor, we're able-bodied, we're disabled, we're undocumented. We have all of these issues that go into what makes us Black. And so when you come in with the blanket, blanket statement of Black Lives Matter, you have to know what that means. It doesn't just mean that we are this collective group that operates the same way. It means you have to understand that black trans women have a life expectancy of 30 to 35 years. You have to understand what that means. You have to understand that black women are subject to sexism within their own communities, even though they've been leading the Black Lives Matter movement. You have to know the Black Lives Matter period was started by black queer women. Um, and this is why you've seen an emergence of inner movements such as Say Her Name, Black Trans Lives Matter, all Black Lives Must Matter. These are movements that are happening by Black people within the movement to address the fact that the national language that we're using is not addressing sexism, it's not addressing homophobia, it's not addressing transphobia. And that is why intersectionality matters because if you're not looking at the many ways in which we can be oppressed, then you're not really seeking for Black liberation. I hope that was all clear. And I'm, I'm so happy to take questions. I, I think, can you just like elaborate more how you said we're just gonna talk about three roadways. Can you talk about other roadways that you feel like people may not um, under? Sure, I, I mean, so let's imagine that we have a young middle-class black college student. He's sitting at many intersections but he is subject to being oppressed because he is black. He's subject to racism. Now let's imagine that we have a young, poor black college student. Now he is not just subject to racism, but also subject to classism. And these two things can inform each other. Let's go a step further. Let's imagine a young, poor black female college student, racism, classism, sexism. Let's go a step further. Let's say they're young, they're poor, they are um, black. Let's say there's a, there's a trans woman. Now they're subject to sexism, racism, classism, and transphobia, queerphobia. Go a step further. Let's say that this trans woman is disabled. Now she's subject to ableism. One step further, let's say she's undocumented. There are so many things. So, so if you come to address me the same way that you're addressing this hypothetical person, we're not moving forward because you're not addressing the many ways in which the racism that she experiences is entangled in so many other systems. I hope that answered. You did, you did, you did great. Thank you. <laughs>